Newton's first law of motion states that an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an outside unbalanced force. Being kicked off of your trajectory and forced to move into a new orbit or even being forced to stop and stay at rest feels undesirable. This new trajectory or forced rest is something that we all witnessed for ourselves in 2020. And I just passed the one year mark of this interruption in my forward momentum. What have I learned since then? What have I learned since being forced to rest? I'm Jen Salerno, and this is The Courtesy Block, a chip off the Room Block podcast. Greetings, Room Block podcast listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I welcome any listeners who are returning, as well as new listeners. Thank you so much. I am so glad all of you are here. For any new listeners, today's episode is a Courtesy Block episode, which is one of my shorter format episodes, a little less commitment, just like a Courtesy Block is in a hotel contract. This format has a few different versions, and today is a solo episode, so you're stuck with me for today. I also want to thank everybody who has subscribed to The Room Block on the various podcast platforms, as well as those who have left reviews. It's so wonderful, and I'm so grateful for everybody who has taken the time to leave a little comment about the show. It's really important to do that, in particular on Apple Podcasts or iTunes It's such an important way for other people to learn about the show, for the show to gain exposure. So I really appreciate it. If you enjoy listening, if you just take a few minutes and leave a few kind words, it would be so, so appreciated. I also truly appreciate anyone who has taken the time to contact me with feedback about the show or different show ideas. I love hearing from you. Um, you know, next week's episode is a direct result of a conversation that I had with a new connection that I made on LinkedIn. So I am very excited to bring my audience content that you all want to hear. Your feedback is really, truly valued please take the time to drop me a note if there's anything that you want to hear or anyone that you want to hear from. I have mentioned before, I am an avid podcast listener. That is part of the reason why I wanted to start my own. Um, I love the inspiration that I get from other podcasts and especially those in our space of events and hospitality. And There is a podcast that has been recently started by two superstars in the events industry, and that would be the Like an Event Boss podcast, which is hosted by Carrie Abernathy and Juliet Tripp. There is an episode that they recently had, and it was featuring Rachel Sheeran. Now, Rachel is a keynote speaker. Uh, She used to be in the events industry, but she started speaking about burnout. And it's something that she uh, is really passionate about. And I heard her story, her, her whole story for the first time on this episode of Like an Event Boss. And I was so inspired by, well, honestly, I'm inspired by her courage and ability just to be a keynote speaker in general, um, I'm a huge fan of speakers, kind of like a fangirl when it comes to that. You know, I just I love the motivational aspect. I'm, you know, inspired by their ability to get up on a stage and talk to people. And at events, 
I'm always like that person near the stage, probably with like tears in my eyes towards the end, because I'm always like so touched by the different Uh, speakers and speeches that I see and hear. So that's one major reason that I love and miss live events. As wonderful it is to see speakers still at home and in the virtual space, there's just nothing like being in an audience surrounded by your colleagues and friends and you know having that emotion wash over you and feeling inspired in person. But anyway, I really was inspired not only by Rachel as a keynote speaker, but by her story. You know, she loved her job. I think she was in catering sales and she burned out. You know, long story short, she burned out like so many of us do in this industry. I mean, I, it's very common to hear that. But she recognized that something wasn't right and she stopped. She loved her job, but she stopped. So back to Newton's first law of motion and that outside force putting a stop to your momentum you could kind of look at that is you know happening to Rachel in a way and a year ago the pandemic kind of forced us all into a new trajectory and it also made many of us stop it placed us into a force rest if you will now I just want to say here that this is obviously excluding those frontline and essential workers. You know, I I don't want to diminish the horrifically hard year that these kind of workers have had. And I recognize that so many of the, you know, frontline workers long to have a rest, right? You know, they, they wish they could have this time to reset. But I can only speak from my own experience. And that was to be very resistant to the rest. You know, I envied people who were called essential workers. I wanted to be considered an essential worker. I mean, I thought I was an essential worker, right? I mean, <laughs> I I held a job that I considered important and I thought that my department was forward-facing, revenue-making for the company. And it was, yeah, it's hard to be, to learn that, yeah, you know, maybe you're not that essential. So, you know, it really just goes back to the undesirable nature of being at rest, right? So again, today, here we are a year later. What can I say? Was the rest beneficial? Has it changed me? And if so, how? I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. Um, This is something that I've not admitted publicly before, maybe just to a couple of trusted confidants. And it's... It's going to sound awful, I think, to a lot of you. But so a year ago, when events started to cancel and we were watching everything crash and burn around us, right? You know, events were canceling, people were getting furloughed, you know, everything was just in such a mass confusion. My company kept a running list of the events that were canceling. And it was you know, just so we could understand what was going on and, and keep track because, you know, we had to know, was it canceling? Was it going to be pushed back? You know, what we had a database, right? I mean, it made sense. I formed kind of an obsession, if you will, of looking at this list. And as I watched it grow, I had dismay and and I was horrified, and I was saddened, and I was upset and scared and all those things, right? Obviously, I did not want any of this to happen. But 
here's the thing. I realized about six months ago, there was a part of me that was watching that list, watching it grow and thinking, well, when's it going to be my turn? When am I going to be the one who gets furloughed? And it was probably partially with with fear, of course, but I think I just kind of wanted it to happen. I, I can't believe I'm admitting that, but there is a tiny percentage of me, a tiny part of me that honestly, I think I just wanted it to happen. And I'm telling you all this today to go back to Rachel Sheeran and her ability to admit that she loved her job and she burned out and she had to stop because she knew it was the best thing for her. And so now I have to look back and I think, was I burned out? I mean, I didn't really think so. I tried to keep a work-life balance, but here's the thing. I come from a major history of keeping the peace, doing the right thing, people-pleasing, swallowing or diminishing things that I was maybe upset about to maintain what I thought was harmony. This wasn't harmony. Harmony is, I've since learned, it's equal. It's, it's both sides having a chance to speak equally in the interest of moving forward together in a way that creates that win-win. I mean, it really kind of goes back to how you negotiate a contract, right? You try to do that in the spirit of harmony, in balance. I wasn't balanced. You know, I've learned this extreme maintenance that it took for me to appear balanced and harmonious on the outside only served to unbalance me on the inside. You know, this unbalance started to bleed out and infiltrate into other areas of my life. You know, my company was wonderful. They strongly encouraged work-life balance. My boss did. She was so supportive of everything that I possibly could have needed and asked for. Maybe I didn't ask for everything that I needed, but I mean, I am very grateful for everything that I had with the company. But the position that I was in, or should I say, the way I handled the position that I was in was causing imbalance. And I, I mean, I really have to take responsibility for that. And here's what I realized. I had a narrative that I kind of spun for myself, right? This persona that I had created ever since I started working. You know, I have to work and I have to try to make money and I have to get promoted and I have to move forward, always moving forward, right? Once I had kids or you know, before I had kids even, I just said, oh, I, I could never be a stay-at-home mom. That's, that is not, that's not me. That's not my life. That's not who I am. Once I did have children, I felt like I was the one who had to hold the steady job because my husband has his own business and he didn't hold the insurance. It was me. I'm the one who has to maintain this. I'm the one who has to do this and do that. And, you know, and without that job, who am I? Who am I to my family? You know, everyone's going to be left in a lurch if I don't do X, Y, and Z. So anyway, back to a year ago, eventually it became my turn, right? My, I was furloughed. And that narrative that I had created for myself, it, it imploded. <laughs> I mean, everything that I thought I knew to be true was completely challenged. I 
found myself in the position of being a stay-at-home mom. I found myself being reliant on my husband's employment, not my own. Everything that made me feel what I thought was worthy and complete was gone. You know, my title, my coworkers, everything. So a year later, today, what I can say is that this rest, as painful and difficult and nerve-wracking as it has been, and it has been, don't get me wrong, it's been challenging, we all know this, but it has been the greatest teacher that I ever had. Maybe this is because I did not fully rest. You know, I was so challenged by everything that was going on around me, everything I saw on the news. I mean, last year was tumultuous for more reasons than just the pandemic. There was a lot going on that was very challenging. And I took action. I mean, I I devoured self-help content. I read books. I explored new ideas. I obviously started a podcast and learned a ton there, met so many new people. Maybe this is an example of Newton's third law in action, which is that for every action or force in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So also during this time, I really leaned into my role of being a mother You know, I've talked about it on the show before where I used to feel nervous before taking a trip with the kids and with with the family because I would think I'm never with everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, that's the reality now. The vast majority of the time, we are all together within this house. And spending this time with my kids has allowed me to embrace who they are as individuals. And I'm watching them grow. And I'm during these very formative years, and I'm learning so much more about them, and of course, about me in the process. I'm also leaning into my role as a wife and partner, and I have new understanding and respect for my husband's role in the the value that he brings to our family that goes above and beyond just him being able to pick up the kids from school and have dinner on the table by the time I get home from work. So, Believe me, I celebrate and I eagerly anticipate the return and rebound of the live events and hospitality industry, and I await the new career opportunities that it may bring for me. I do it from a place of personal restoration and increased understanding of what I truly value most and the value that I can contribute as an individual. So you see, as much as staying in motion seems like the logical, desired option and is the action recommended by countless life and health coaches, had I stayed in motion and not been forced to stop, I would have surely stayed on the path I was traveling. Would I have been forced to stop by, like, a health scare? Yeah, perhaps. Would I have eventually and officially burned out? Yeah, maybe. But without an external force... Would I have changed my narrative? Would I have explored and discovered new things about who I am and been able to shed some of the persona that was keeping me from truly seeing the beauty of the life I have in which I was only partially participating? I don't know for sure, but I have a suspicion that I wouldn't have. My story isn't uncommon. I mean, there are so many of us living a life that makes perfect sense on paper, but it's a life that somebody else wrote 
or we wrote it from a place that wasn't allowing our heads and our hearts to work in harmony. To this, I have to ask, what do you have to lose by erasing some of the chapters that once seemed crucial to your story, but no longer are? Maybe the losses aren't nearly as devastating as you thought they would be, and maybe they will help you gain more than you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening today, and I, you know, I hope this episode gives you some permission, if you will, to maybe rethink a persona that you might have created for yourself that might not be serving you as much as you thought it did. You know, maybe you are somebody else and you're allowed to change. You're allowed to explore and see if there's something else out there, something else that you're meant for, or you know, something that you were truly against at one point in time, like I was, maybe it actually fits you better than you thought. Thanks again for listening and see you all next week in the room block, where we'll continue to have the conversation. <laughs>